for infinite. I'm gonna say an engine trailer. No gameplay yet. Gameplay trailer. You need a gameplay trailer? It's gonna happen. A release window of 2020 is gonna happen. E3 2019 story trailer. In engine trailer. E3 2020. Gameplay plus whatever. I think we get a gameplay trailer. I really do. No. Yep. I do, I do, I do. Ooh. I think we get a gameplay trailer. And you know what? You're more than likely gonna be right. You're more than likely gonna be right. Probably gonna be torn down, and I'm gonna be sitting in a corner crying. I want and I'm expecting a gameplay trailer. Will it happen? More than likely not. But I'm not gonna let my dreams be dreams. I'm gonna let them be hopes and expectations. I'm gonna watch the thing get crumbled down before me. gentlemen and welcome to hcs pro talk your weekly halo esports podcast this is episode 77 for the week of june 11th 2019 my name is josh aka jk fire and uh this week i'm joined by the man who created an all-new intro for this episode that i cannot wait to hear what other people's responses are going to be will aka i mr mayhem will how are you on this monday evening I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm exhausted. Too much E3. So, um, last night, you guys were over, you and Dom were over at my place last night. Uh, we watched the Microsoft briefing. We watched uh the Devolver Digital and the Bethesda briefings as well, right? Yep. Once you guys left, um, I was up till like one in the morning because of homework and stuff that I needed to get done. Because today was all E3 press conferences all day. Like, it was basically nonstop. Monday's usually the busiest day. But yeah, it's it's been exhausting. But for good reason. For good, for the most part. We'll talk about it later. Because, yeah. Do you, do you want to know what's coming up on this week's episode? Yeah, what do we got? Okay, so first and foremost, we have brand new HCS grassroots members and events that have been announced. Those are very exciting. Um, we have Europa Halo tournament results. And then we also have the big thing. Our E3 2019 post-show. Um, Halo Infinite was at the Microsoft briefing. We're going to talk all about it later on in the show. But before we get into any of that, Will, what do we always start the show off with? Rostermania! It's Rostermania. <laughs> um, we only have one piece, and it is the Face It Ignite Halo 3 4v4 team and free agent list by Prisma TV. I'll read through some names here. Um, so full teams we have for this event. Okay. We have Demonica Esports, which is Viable Manatee, Shoddy the Doggy, EP Shook, Evil Pander, and Ducky KG. Then we have Maka Esports. I think we've heard of them before. 
definitely heard yes, that name yes, multiple times. Um, it's Warlord, Havoc, Looney, and Squashy. Is Co- that the same roster too? They're still they're still rocking. That feels like it's the same roster. We've talked about them like since ba- basically the beginning of our show. Yeah. Oh boy, that's awesome. That's so good. All right. Um, team names. So they don't have actually. These are partial teams. They don't okay. have team names yet. Got it. But we'll run through the gamer tags. So the first team is Double XL, Flash, and Jesus. Second team is Xanti and You know, <laughs> you know, there's there's that one name. This is I, your time. I always run into. This is your time. It's C K S N E D. C K S N E D. It's whatever you want it to be. There you have it's it. It's up for interpretation. <laughs> Next team, we have Legend, Hef, and Plumbus. Okay. Next team, Colossi, Riot Tide, and Linz. Okay. Or maybe Linzy. Oh. It's, is it a Z at the end? There is. Hmm. It's L- so it's I L I N D E Z. So eh, it's kind of could be could be multiple things. It's here. up for interpretation. There you go. <laughs> and then the last team, partial team, I should say, we have is Impact, Kenneth, and Benjamin. Like bench a min. Bench a min. That's awesome. It could be Benjamin. That is awesome. I like that. I can I can be down with that. And then we have some free agents. What do we got for the free agents, Will? We have Wheezy, Mysterion, Ego, Cerberus, Viking, Kazi, Creepeasy. I like that. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Noth, M2, Fusion, Fluxy, Sheezy, Ollie J, VFL ne- Neji? VFL Neji, maybe? Sure. Uh, and uh, Snipel. All right. There you go. That's what we got for Rosterania this week. Very nice. And then if, if anybody ha- if anybody's interested in being a free agent or if you have a partial team already, please reach out to Prisma TV on Twitter. Uh, it's P-R-S-M-A TV. So definitely check that out. There you go. I was really... Let me just say this. Matty Rums from New Combo, shout out to you as well. He did the um, partial team and free agent list for DreamHack Dallas, right? As soon as this face it ignite event was announced this free agent list like was basically went live right away so great job to both you guys for keeping up to date and just like getting things rolling awesome to see i already said it that's what we have for us oh you did oh my god i'm so sorry i'm off i'm off the ball right now then it's time for cod another game so watch will what do we got there's there's Nothing. That doesn't work. Cod, another game. So watch. Which means it's time for, and I'm so fucking excited to finally do this because it's real this time. Will's Adventures Within the Haloverse. Oh. And yeah, other games too. I played some PUBG. <laughs> <laughs> you went in with that. Got a couple wins. I'm pretty excited. Okay. Are you? You said you're gonna do that. Are you doing that tour? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so my buddy and I are 
eventually, whenever we have the time, mm-hmm. are going to do the, um, I forgot what we called it already. I forgot what you called it, too. It's I was thinking Tour of the, the Walsh. The, the PUBG World Tour. PUBG World Tour. It's, it's in one gaming session, you get a win on every single map. You said there's four maps. Four maps. Okay. So it's, essentially, not, it's not easy to get wins in that game. So, so essentially, you just do... Um, until you get your first win, we just play on quick play. Sure. So it keeps rotating the maps. Okay. And then, depending on how we're... After, after we get that first win, depending on how we, we're feeling, we'll choose a different map and just go from there. Sure. So I can respect that. Yeah. It's going to happen eventually. I think it'll be fun. I think it will happen eventually. I think you guys have the skills to pay the bills. I think it will. I think it's going to get frustrating if well, we're sure. actually going for it. Because you... Uh, the, just some of the to- some of the ways you die in PUBG, you're just like, what? Really? I think that's PUBG, though. Yeah, that's it the is. worst part about yeah, it. Yeah, you but... have to just accept it and be like, okay, boot it up again. Right. But yeah, so excited for that. What else do you play? So some actual Halo gameplay here. Oh well, my god! We started Lord. this four in the first place. Yes. Uh, I finally played through Halo Four. Yes. With you. Yes. We played through Halo Four. Yeah. Justin LaFlesh joined in as well. He did. Yes. He came in later, though? Was he at the beginning? I think he was in the second session. Second session. Okay, for so four. last, last And then half. the first one for five, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it was okay, I'm going to say. Okay. Campaign-wise. So, having four... Having four in most of... We didn't finish five. We got really close. We're like two or three missions away. Um... So that's like a goal we can do this week is just finish five. I'll take like literally two hours, maybe. If, yeah. Yeah. Um, having four and most of five fresh in your mind, what were your overall thoughts on four? Because that's that's like a big, a lot of the lore people love it. Um, a lot of the, just the other people don't. But yes. it's, it, what do you, what do you think? What so are your thoughts? My, my, my personal thoughts, not being deep in the lore. Sure. Is that. But you do care for it. Like, you do, yeah, I do. like it. Yes. I do. And you do pay attention to it. Um, That's for the listeners at home. Yeah. I wish there was a, like, it's, I don't know how to explain this, but there, it just felt a little empty to me. Okay. It felt like there, there wasn't as big of a, a buildup and then a giant fighter. Any, like, there was, but then sure. the, the final boss, like you said, was a uh, quick time event. Yep. It didn't feel satisfying. Yep. I to agree. me. Um, although the story the story was good. It it was good. I just wish I don't know, maybe it was just a little done a little differently. Sure. Um But four four was okay it was okay. Okay. The, the Spartan abilities that you got. Yeah. With the hard light shield, yep. the the pack, the the booster pack. I wasn't a fan. Yep. I was like, okay, the which one was it? The uh, the hologram of yourself running out. I'm like, what's the freaking point? Enemies will shoot at it. Well, it, it's yeah, just to give you like a breather for a second. Really what it is? Yeah, I, I felt like it w- with three of us. I felt like that was pointless. Yeah, and if but here's the funny thing is is that if you use it in multiplayer and somebody does fall for it, it's the funniest thing. It, I, I fell for it when we first started playing because I had no idea what it was. I'm like, mm-hmm. what's this? Is someone like just like did they lag out? No, nope, <laughs> it's the funniest thing. Oh, so yeah. Um, four four was okay from a storytelling okay. standpoint. The way it was told, not the, it's not the content itself, but the way it kind of felt as you played through it. Sure, that makes sense. Yep, it does. What are your so thoughts yeah. on five? Five, we um, so far I guess. Yeah, so we're three missions away from the the finish here. Correct. Um, 
I played through one and two by myself. I believe I played through three with you. Yes. Now four with you slash Justin. Justin yes. And all of five with you and Justin. Yes. Um, you guys said I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, but Halo 5 is like the most fun I've had during a campaign. And I don't know if that's necessarily due to the story or just the way we've been interacting within it. It's been fun. It's been fun. It's been really, really fun and funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All the random stuff that kept happening. Yep. Us us just like the Spartan charging randomness where, <laughs> oh my gosh. I have clips saved. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll get them uploaded because they're they're great. Yes. Um, it's been a lot of fun. But um, from a storytelling standpoint, um. I feel a little weird bouncing back and forth. Oh, between Chief and Locke? Chief and Locke, yep. Yeah. I get why they're telling both points of view. Yep. And I feel like it would have been a really short game if they hadn't. Yeah. Um, I guess I ha- I'm kind of hoping there's a big... There's going to be a big tie-in at the end where they... I'm guessing they both meet up and something happens and... We'll see. We'll or see. May- or maybe not. We'll have or, to wait and see. Or maybe we just play out chief as the last three we'll, we'll have to wait and see three missions so um yeah you know what I, I i really i do like five i do like it okay why are you staring at me like no that? no it's it's the no that's perfectly fine this is why i wanted you to play through them because i knew that with five being the most fun you've had, like Halo multiplayer wise, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a little bit faster pace, like the gunplay's good, it's so on and so forth. And it's the one you're accustomed to. Yep. Right? Taking that skill into campaign, it's like, oh, it's just an extension, right? It just sure. feels good to play. And what are your th- this kind of a little bit it's still with Halo Five, but like off topic from what I'm going on. But uh what are your thoughts on Warden Eternal? Oh, yeah. Beating him three times, having to face him. So far? Yeah, so far. Who <laughs> yep. knows? It's probably going to have to be like five more times at the end here. He just, <laughs> just pops wait. up with like ten bodies at once. Oh, just wait. Um, that boss is so fucking stupid. You know what? It's... I understand it. It's an AI conscious conscience or whatever. Yeah. With different... He has millions of bodies Millions of bodies. Yeah. So it's like, can you really ever defeat him? Sure, maybe you overload him with something or other. And he explodes and his mind goes crazy. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think the funny thing is, is that, uh, so what the hell was I going to get at? Okay. So we're playing on, we're playing co-op, mm-hmm. co-op, yep. co-op. What the fuck am I talking about? Co-op. We're playing on heroic. Yep. Okay. We're not playing on normal. We're not playing on legendary. We're playing on heroic. But I will say this. Maybe it's just because the the most recent time that I played Halo 5 campaign alone was when I did my legendary playthrough to get the achievement. Um, but like the War in Eternal goes down real quick. Like way, way faster than he did when I was playing. And you know what? Now that I think of it, something in my brain is telling me that they patched it to make him weaker. You think so? Something tells me that that was a patch that came out that made him weaker. And I think it was on higher difficulties. You think it was because people were tired of facing him so much? I'm trying to remember that I swear, like something is right now just like, bing, bing, bing. Either way, we do have three experienced FPS players. Correct. So, yeah, it just just feels like he's going down real quick. It does. 
Because what you had, uh, you said you had in the incineration cannon last time, mm-hmm. and he went down like I didn't even get a shot on. Like he literally went down when I was coming so, around the corner. Yeah, I um, I picked up a full, full hundred percent incineration cannon, hit all my shots fully charged. Justin put one more pistol shot in him, and he went down. Yeah, that's way quicker than what I'm used to. Um, something in my brain is is telling me that I think they patched it to make him weaker. I think. Um, if I'm wrong. Please call me out on it because I very well could be, but it's just something I'm thinking of. Um, I will say this. I definitely have a larger appreciation for, uh, four, yes, but five, especially not necessarily in terms of a a storytelling standpoint, because I, I do think that the story is not amazing in five. Um, I will say I do. I actually might have a bigger appreciation for the story in four. But the reason why I have a a bigger appreciation for five, the little details that we've been able to find. Oh, yeah. As we've been playing. So for those who don't know, if you're playing in co-op, when you scope in with a weapon, like not only does your character pull the weapon up and you can see them do that. And I say in co-op because like you can see your your friendly player do that. Yep. And then um, also there's like a little like holographic. uh sight that pops up as well yeah so you when when you use the pistol and you ads yep you can see your teammates holographic sight pop up as they as they ads exactly same same with the carbine and any other weapon that has it you have to go up to them really close to see it but it's there and then the other thing is is i'm pretty sure a lot of people already know this but in case you don't in co-op if you play as a different spartan on either team your visor color changes to and your helmet around you changes as well to match the Spartan that you're playing, and you obviously have different weapons associated with each Spartan as well. There's just a lot of little pieces of detail that I never really paid attention to, because usually I'm playing solo, and then when you're able to choose those different characters and you see that those different things, it's like oh, that's kind of puts you a little bit more into that world. So that was really cool. That was really cool. I'm excited to finish it. See where it goes. I'm excited too. I'm excited to hear what your final thoughts are on five specifically. Okay. And then Josh looks like you played another game. Yes. So I won't talk about Halo, but uh, I played. So we watched the Bethesda conference, right? They said that uh, there's going to be like more content coming to Elder Scrolls Blades, which is their mobile game. And uh, it's an early access right now. And I've heard some shady things about it with like loot boxes and whatnot. But I gave I downloaded it last night, um, gave it a shot in the like the at like three in the morning when my kid woke up again. Uh yeah, it's it's fine so far. It looks really good. It it's really simple. It's dead simple, but it looks really good. So we'll see what happens. All right. That's all I played. Will, shall we get on to the news? What do we got? First and foremost, a new wave of grassroots partners announced. This is by HCS. It's a tweet. And I, well, I'll just say who the four people are. We have Saiyan, Reclaimer, Ishivids, and Shyway. So congratulations to the four of you on making it into the grassroots program. And uh, we'll keep submitting our application as well. Um, next up, the uh, speaking of HCS grassroots, the applications are opening soon. This is again by HCS, and I quote, The next application window will be open from July 1st at 12 p.m. Pacific Time to July 31st at 12 p.m. Pacific Time. This is from a Halo Waypoint article. There's a lot more information in there as well. Go ahead and check it out in the Google Doc of the show notes of the show. Next, new story. 
Discovery Dispatch, Hall of History by Grim Brother One. This is a Halo Waypoint article about Halo Outpost Discovery. Welcome back to our latest Discovery Dispatch, ladies and gents. If you're new around these parts, the Dispatch is where we dive in to take a bit of a closer look at various aspects of the upcoming traveling fan experience, Halo Outpost Discovery, which begins touring later this summer. If you're wanting to catch up on the experience itself, make sure and check out HaloOutpostDiscovery.com or revisit our original announcement blog where you can learn more about features, ticket info, and more. Today, we're going to focus a bit on an aspect of the show floor that is near and dear to my lore-loving heart, the Hall of History. In more than a few places, we've called the Hall of History the beating heart of Outpost Discovery. This is true for many reasons, to be honest, but largely because it's the primary place to truly immerse yourself in the achievements, trials, tribulations, and ultimate triumphs endured by 26th century humanity. As you walk through the lovingly curated Hall of History, you'll encounter a bevy of inform informative graphic panels, lore-based artifacts, and other tangible visuals pulled directly from the Halo universe, all designed to delight and intrigue fans and families alike, no matter how much you might already know. The space features everything from UNSC artifacts, accessories, and uniforms, to over a dozen brand new artifacts including two larger-than-life character statues, three new one-by-one -one scale weapon replicas, and Halo, uh, Halo ring cross-section, and of course, one very large, puma-pounding, terrain-traversing warthog, fit for Spartans of all generations. It's an exuberant, visceral tour of the Halo universe that will tantalize both longtime fans and newcomers alike. The Hall of History at Outpost Discovery in more ways that uh in more ways than one was inspired by the Museum of Humanity, element of the renowned Halo 3 Believe promotional campaign. As a partner to live-action short films like Halo Landfall, the Museum the Museum of Humanity represented a very tangible to uh to thread that connected the efforts and heroes heroism of the UNSC, the Master Chief, Cortana, and more to that of, well, humanity. It reminded us that you can never lose sight of what you're fighting for. The Hall of History gives us the opportunity to connect Halo's hero heroism with its humanity in a very similar, but even more tangible way. Ever wanted to share into this gaping, uh, multi-mandibled maw of an energy sword-wielding Shanghili Ultra? How about stand at the foot of a Master Chief and gaze upon a hero at full height? Or maybe you'd like to take in a brand new diorama depicting another tenuous moment in the ha uh, Human Covenant War. See a real-life warthog? Fawn over a flood infection form? You get the idea. Of course... The Hall of History is just one of the awesome elements of Outpost Discovery that you'll be able to spend time in this summer, and we'll be talking about some of those other attractions soon, so definitely stay tuned. Next up, E3 goodness for attendees, this is by Halo, it's a tweet, and I quote, If you're heading to Los Angeles for E3 2019, be sure to visit the new Mixed Reality Warthog experience at the uh, Peterson Museum's Hollywood Dream Machines exhibit. Check it out. Real, like, basically a, a warthog. You can check it out. It's good shit. Next up, the MCC playlist update for June 5th, 2019 by Postums. And I quote, Good morning, friends. Welcome to another weekly MCC matchmaking update. This week, we're following up on the hardcore type from Dreamhack Dallas with some competitive quality of life improvements for matchmaking. We're increasing the rank delta that can match in two of our playlists to make matches easier to find while maintaining reasonable skill matchmaking uh, matching requirements. Afterward, we'll dive into the next big game update we are targeting for Tuesday of next week, which will bring several quality of life fixes to games in MCC, as well as a look into some of the future updates and what they look like in play. So, for the playlist updates that are currently out, increased rank delta for Halo 2 Classic Hardcore from plus minus 10 to plus minus 15, and then the same for Halo 2 Anniversary Hardcore, and then updated game variant descriptions in Halo 3 Hardcore to show accurate info on loading screens. Looking ahead, 
Next week is E3, and with it comes an update to MCC currently slated to go live on June 11th, which is the day this episode will go live. This will include many bug fixes, behind-the-scenes additions of maps and modes for future playlists to be brought online, and some other goodies we won't talk about just quite yet. Below is a full list of things you will have available to you along with bug fixes across the titles when it goes live. Enjoy. So, in other words, there are changes and updates for Halo CE, Halo 2 Classic, Halo 2 Anniversary, and uh, emblem fixes as well, if you're interested in that. But the big thing, Halo 2 Anniversary. Contest winner maps from Forge-Tacular will be added into matchmaking. Last year, the community over at Forge Hub held a contest for Halo 2 Anniversary that they dubbed the Forge-Tacular. The maps that won this contest are being brought into matchmaking this month. This comes after a lot of investigation and updates to our pipelines for bringing content and pl- uh, for bringing content players make into MCC for H2A. So, keep on the... I said H, didn't I? You did. Oh my god. What the hell is H. wrong with me? I'm an America, damn it. Um, it's H. Yeah, it's H. Not H. I'm just kidding. I'm, maybe that just means I'm getting more cultured. There you go. Yeah. Um, so keep on the lookout for this playlist update later this month. I heard that there may even be some infection updates around these changes coming down the pipe. So yeah, good stuff indeed all around in MCC. Okay, and then here's the next news story, and I was hoping that Will was going to be surprised with this, but Justin motherfucking LaFleche ruined it. (sighs) That's okay. I still love you, Justin, for now. But here's the news story. Halo shipset is within Sea of Thieves. This is a tweet by Halo, and I quote, Dive into Sea of Thieves anytime from now through June 15th to earn the Spartan shipset and represent Halo while you sail on the high seas. I already logged in. I already got it. It's You don't have it yet, but I logged in, so I will be getting it. <laughs> Did you see the video? Yeah, I thought it wasn't real at first. Oh, it looks so good. I thought it was like someone April Fool's joke again. I'm like, no sure. way. And then I saw the actual Halo Twitter mm-hmm. tweeted it out, and I'm like, okay, it, this is this is legit. Yeah, it is legit. It looks really good too. Like I, to oh. be completely honest with you, I might reinstall Sea of Thieves just to, to get log that? in and then uninstall Sea of Thieves. Why? Uh, what's the if you're not gonna play it? What's the I point? want the stuff. You should if it's Halo related. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um now nah, we'll see. Um okay. That's it for regular news. How about some competitive news? First and foremost, Puckett wants to LAN. This is a tweet by Chris Puckett, and I quote, When Halo MCC drops on PC, I want to throw a LAN in Los Angeles to celebrate. Would run the bracket and commentate like the old days. Halo Microsoft Beyond the Summit. Let's chat. That'd be fucking amazing. Let me just say that. Um so yeah, hopefully they're in talks to get that going. That'd be really cool. Next news story. Introducing Face It Ignite by HCS. Over at HaloWaypoint.com. And I quote, Late last year, we held the final official HCS tournament for Halo 5 Guardians and kicked off the HCS Grassroots program as part of our efforts to lay the groundwork and solidify the foundation of Halo Esports for the future. In the six months since the program launched, we've seen incredible support from the community, from fans to content creators to tournament organizers and everyone in between. 
More, most importantly, the community has really stepped up to support each other. We've seen growth from HCS Grassroots content creators and partnerships form between HCS Grassroots tournament organizers as well. We've also experimented with new approaches at our own events. At the HCS Invitational South by Southwest, we sought to entertain the Halo community in all new ways with fun formats and show matches. With all of that said, there's still much work to be done to solidify the foundation of the future and continue to grow both the HCS Grassroots program and Halo Esports as a whole. Since we announced the HCS Grassroots program, players from Europe have been wondering when they would get their own Halo 3 event. Today, those wishes are finally answered. We're excited to announce our partnership with legendary tournament organizer Faceit for the Faceit Ignite Halo European Open, a Halo 3 event taking place at Twickenham Stadium in London, UK on August 17th through the 18th. Here is what you need to know. Qualifiers. Faceit will be hosting online qualifiers for North America and Europe. The top team from North America and the two top teams from EU will be flown out to the event to compete. LAN format. Faceit Ignite will be open to 32 teams, including those flown out directly. The 32 teams will be split into four groups of eight, with the top 16 moving into the winner's bracket and the next eight moving into the elimination bracket, loser's bracket, and the bottom eight being eliminated from the competition. Side event. As a side tournament, a 2v2 tournament on Halo 5 will be also be held for the EU community that's still actively playing. The prizing is a 4v4 for 25,000 and the 2v2 is 5,000. For more information about the event, head to halo.gg slash ignite2019. Now, this is not an HCS grassroots event like others, like ones hosted earlier this year. This represents a new partnership for us that has evolved out of the HCS grassroots program. We want to be as transparent as possible as this is a new evolution and one that might also represent how some more partnerships are handled in the future. Face it, are made up of longtime Halo fans, and they have reached out to us and the community to gauge interest in operating a Halo 3 LAN event. Traditionally, there have been two types of partnerships for the HCS. Official HCS, which are events that are fully funded by 343 Industries and are streamed on the official Halo broadcast channels. Examples include HCS Invitational at South by Southwest, Halo World Championship, etc. And then there's Halo Grassroots, or HCS Grassroots. These are events that are part of the HCS Grassroots program where we offer prize pool, loan consoles, game codes, etc. These are streamed on the main tournament operator channels. Our most recent example is DreamHack Dallas. In this new type of partnership, it's a shared venture with 343 funding, most of the event, but face it, also investing and funding significant parts of their own as well. As part of this partnership, the event stream will go live on Faceit's main broadcast channels. While this allows us to put an event on for the EU crowd in 2019, we'll be keeping a close eye on the results and sentiment from the community, along with feedback from Faceit, to learn and continue to evolve as we lay the foundation for the future. Looking further ahead, it could mean that more events will be jointly operated and jointly funded, which, uh, which would potentially mean more support and activity in more regions and in a manner that's sustainable for all parties involved while continuing to provide the great experience fans and players expect from Halo Esports. As always, thank you to players, fans, content creators, and tournament organizers for making the HCS Grassroots program a success and for working closely with us on the future of Halo Esports. We know the way for Halo Infinite has been a long one, but we are taking necessary steps to ensure the success of Halo Esports for years to come, and we'll be sharing a bit more about what that looks like as soon as we're able to. For all the latest on the Halo Championship series, keep it locked to Halo.gg and follow at HCS on Twitter. So there you go. EU's getting a Halo 3 LAN event. Finally. Okay. Um, here's another one. Kind of a, th this was a little bit of a surprising announcement. 
I wasn't expecting this. Red Bull Rise Till Dawn featuring Halo 3. This is by Red Bull. And I quote, As the sun sets in the west, teams of two will be split into four Swiss pools with the top two teams advancing to the single elimination finals. Only one team will be crowned the winner of Red Bull Rise Till Dawn as the sun rises over Lake Michigan. An open tournament will kick off during the top eight. Uh, where you can win prizes from our partners. Space is limited. Grab a teammate and sign up now. It's $100 per team of two. Tickets include entry and tournament ent- event and tournament entry, one parking pass for the Franklin Garage, and late night snacks and brunch. The schedule is door opens at 7 p.m. Matches begin at 8.25 p.m. Pool play concludes at 1 a.m. Top eight begins at 1.15 a.m., Free-for-all tournament begins at 1.45 a.m. More details coming soon. And the tournament concludes at 5.28 a.m. That is a very specific time. I was going to say, why 5.28? They, I mean, that must be like sunrise. Um, parking info. In order to use, utilize your free parking voucher, one per team, please park at the Franklin Garage and please bring your parking ticket that you receive when entering the garage to the TO desk at the event for validation prior to leaving the event. Here's how prizing will work per team. First place will take home five grand, second place will take home thirty five hundred, and third place will take home fifteen hundred. Tournament rules: Red Bull Rise Till Dawn will use a Swiss system st- uh, tournament style, feeding into a single elimination finals. More info can be found at the link they provide. And finally, event rules: No spectator tickets will be sold as space is limited. Only competitors will be allowed in the venue. To follow the action at home, check out Red Bull on Mixer and Twitch. Must be eighteen plus. Must be a U.S. or Canadian resident to compete. You must present a valid photo ID at check-in that matches your registered name. All bags are subject to be searched. Outside food and water is allowed in. No alcohol allowed in the venue. Tickets are non-refundable, but may be transferred up until 72 hours prior to the event. And all tournament rules can be found in the link provided in the article. And the final piece of news. Just a reminder, Breaking the Clutch E-League June Open is taking place on Sunday, June 16th. You can check out the uh, challenge link that we include in the Google Doc of the show notes of the show. And uh, there it is. There it is. Will, that's going to do it for the news. Which means, would you do me a solid and let everybody know what's going on with the tournaments around Halo going on right now? All right. Let's... uh. Not really a tournament, but more of a league. Yes, we have got a couple of those. Have a few of those. So let's uh, jump into the AGLA, the American Griffball League of America. CSL uh, is that Spring League? Spring League? Yes, Spring League. Spring League nineteen weekly match results. Indeed. I was going to say summer league, and I'm like, wait, we're not. We're, we're kind of summer right now. Kind of, it's Spring League. It started in the spring. Yeah. 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 But I always want to call it Summer League as well. Okay, because, like, it's not just me. Yeah, because think about it. Like, they have Winter League. Yeah. And then, so it's it's fall to winter, and then spring to summer. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Let's go. <laughs> um, Seasons. <laughs> um, we had Mediocre at best go up against Truthless, and the Truthless at Mediocre won 5-1. to one. They um, played again. Mediocre won 5-0. to zero. Failure to launch went up against Defiance. 5-4 going to failure to launch. Defiance took on failure to launch, switching host, and Defiance won 5-2. Failure to launch went up against On the Fence. 5-1, failure to launch. They again played. Failure to launch won again. 5-4. to four. 
We had Defiance go up against uh, Hypist. Score was 5-3 to Defiance. Hypist took on Defiance and won 5-0 with the host. Monstars went up against Ninth Wonders, 5-1 to Monstars. They played again, again on Monstars host, 5-1 to Monstars. Truthless and the Truthless sets took on In Mungo We Trust. It was 5-4 going to Truthless and the Truthless sets. Close match there to round it out. Indeed. Um, again, we're seeing teams with the host are having better success. Very interesting to see. Go figure. Moving on to the Halo Draft League weekly match results. Let's run through them. Do it up. Bronze Boys took on SVP Coaches. It was a 3-2 going to Bronze Boys. Addy Estates versus Velociraptors. 3-2 to Addy Estates. They played again Addy Estates against Velociraptors. 3-1 to Addy Estates. YBW versus Manipulative Smurfs. 3-0 to YBW. SVP Players versus TLC Gaming. 3-2 to SVP. SVP Players took on Platinum's Best. It was a 3-0 to Platinum's Best. SVP Players took on Snowball and Turtles. 3-0 to SVP Players by Forfeit. Manipulative Smurfs took on Tall. 3-2 to Manipulative Smurfs. Addy Estates took on Bronze Boys. 3-0 to Addy Estates. The Misfits went up against Snowball and Turtles. It was a win by Forfeit for the Misfits. Manipulative Smurfs went up against One Time. It was a 3-0 to Manipulative Smurfs. Reborn took on TLC Gaming. 3-0 to Reborn. Reborn also took on SVP Players. 3-0 to Reborn. SVP Players went up against Scarecrow Boat. It was a 3-0 to Scarecrow Boat. Scarecrow Boat took on TLC Gaming. 3-1 to Scarecrow Boat. And Platinum's Best took on Instinct. 3-1 going to Instinct. Let's run through the standings. Out of the Pillar of Autumn Division. First place, we have Bronze Boys. With a win percentage of 50% coming in at 5-5. Lucent is in second. Again, another win percentage of 50%, but they're only 3-3. Three and three. Velociraptors are sitting right below them at 4-5 and five with a win percentage of 44%. SVP coaches are 4-7, and seven, win percentage of 36%. Addy stays below them, 3-6, and six, win percentage of 33%. And in last of the Pillar of Autumn division, we have Spellbound 2-6, sitting at 25% win percentage. Moving on to the Spirit of Fire division. In first place, you have FTP. 12 wins, 0 losses. Hot damn. Holy hot damn. Your bye week is right behind them at 11-2. Wasted Potential, sitting in third, 9-2. Manipulative Smurfs are sitting at 4-6. and six. Uh, One Time is at 2-8. And, and Tall is 0-9. Sorry, oh. Tall. Keep trying. Keep, 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 uh, keep in the fight. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta keep going. Oh, yeah, you gotta keep going, yeah. Um, let's move on to the Challenger League. In first place with 100% win percentage at 10 and 0 is Instinct. Reborn is hot on their tails, sitting at 11 and 2. Platinum's best is 10 and 4. Bed Bath and Beyonce, Beyonce. 8 and 4. The Misfits at 6 and 6. TLC Gaming 5 and 7. Scarecrow Boat 3 and 6. SVP Players 3 and 10. The Flight is 2 and 9. And Snowball and Turtles, man, my favorite name out of the Challenger League is at 0 and 10. Womp womp. Poor Snowball and Turtles. Yeah, they were putting up a couple forfeits. I like the name, though. I do. It's a good name. Might need better players. Beyonce? All right. Uh, Moving on to Europa Halo Double Down. Number one results. First place went to Akashi and Kagami, which included Legends and Sika. 
Inside your place was Depresso Expresso. Love that name. This was Squashy and Havoc. Third through fourth, we have Finishers, which is Tommy the Krogan and Sammy the Fur... Fur... Furus? Is it supposed to be Ferocious? Or is it... Is it... Furus? It's up for interpretation. (laughs) All right, guys. Next, we have Jump Out Gangs with Shabby Dagger and Kimbo. Fifth through eighth, we have Arthur, which was uh, Theroux and Arby. Um, We have Team Noob and Warrior, which was Newbie and KL4s. We have SLG Stark, which was SLG and Fragger. And Mazer 2s, which is Flames and Hollers Bracket. And VOD will be included within the Google Doc of the show notes. Very nice. And that does it for tournaments this week. Thank you, Will. I think it's time for our topic. The big one. E3 2019. But before we do any of that, we have a couple of news stories to read through. I know, more reading. I'm sorry, but this is important. Will just has a jaw drop for a second there. It's not It's not too bad. All right, calm down. It's going to be just fine. Um, Two big things here for Halo fans. Okay, they talked about Halo Reach on PC, and they talked about Halo Infinite. So let's start with Halo Reach on PC. E3 2019 by Sketch. This is a Halo Waypoint article, and I quote, Ah, E3, the annual gathering of publishers and developers to celebrate the industry and share a glimpse at all the exciting games and experiences on the horizon. As a gamer, it's basically a holiday that we eagerly eagerly look forward to year after year. It's hard to believe it's been about 15 years since I attended my first E3 with Bungie to support Halo 2. And it's surreal to think that my last E3 as part of Bungie was in support of Halo Reach, and now I've come full circle and am returning to once again help share Noble Team's adventures with fans both old and new. Members of the 343 team will be handing, uh, hanging out in the Xbox experience within the Microsoft Theater from Tuesday through Thursday of the show, sharing a work-in-progress demo of Halo Reach running on PC. Here's a quick rundown of what we got going on during E3 2019. What's being shown? As you know, the 343 publishing team has been hard at work on bringing Halo Reach to MCC and bring the entire collection to PC. It's a precursor to Halo Insider Public Fighting, which is set to finally kick off in June. We're showcasing a work-in-progress demo of Halo Reach running on PC. This build includes the Tip of the Spear mission with a built-in 10-minute timer to help us keep the crowds flowing and get as many people through as possible. Players will get a chance to experience Halo Reach using a mouse and keyboard, and our team is quite eager to gather feedback and initial impressions. By default, we'll probably have the game running on easy, but for those feeling up to a challenge, you'll be able to kick it up all the way to Legendary or anything in between. If you're not attending E3, don't fret. Halo Insider Flighting kicks off this month, and in just a few weeks, Halo Outpost Discovery gets underway and will also include opportunities to check out work-in-progress Halo Reach builds. For more info about this E3 demo, check out our recent 343 social stream where Max, Eric, and myself look uh, took it for a test drive and shared some updates on the project. To read more about the latest state of development and the journey to bring FCC to PC, check out this massive May development update blog. When and where is this happening? Halo Reach can be found within the Xbox experience inside the Microsoft Theater. We'll be set up and playing during regular show hours Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. You'll find us up on the stage and miss a sea of other exciting titles and experiences. If you're one of the lucky folks attending the annual Xbox Fan Fest, we'll be there too. Daily Activities Beyond just offering a chance to play, we've got a few specific activities... Uh, to make you aware of. Office hours. While we'll have 343 folks there all day every day, we wanted to call out specific opportunities for attendees to come and chat with members of the 343 publishing team who are directly working on the project. 
Design director Max Sligor and producer Sean Swiderski, hopefully I pronounced those correctly, will be there to answer questions and hear about your hopes and dreams for MCC on PC. Be nice. Tuesday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., Wednesday, 2 p.m. to 7 p.m., and Thursday, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Feedback surveys. We'll have some quick, low-tech surveys that we'd love players to fill out to help us gather feedback on the experience and how mouse and keyboard controls are feeling. Everyone who takes the minute or so to complete the survey will get a poster. Free posters! Social giveaways. Want one of the new awesome oversized Halo Reach mouse pads? 1. Come by the booth. Play the Halo Reach demo. 2. Take a selfie of yourself with Halo Reach and share it on Twitter and or Instagram using hashtag MCCE3. And make sure you're following at Halo. 3. Each day at approximately 3.43 p.m. Get it? We'll pick a lucky random person on each platform to receive a mouse pad. 4. If you're chosen, swing back by the booth at any time before end of show on Thursday to claim your loot. And the Reach speedrun extravaganza. To mix things up a bit, later in the week, we'll be kicking off a friendly speedrun competition for the last two hours of the day on Thursday. Four players will start the tip of the sphere demo at the same time, and the first player to reach the end wins a Halo Reach mouse pad. Giveaways! Everyone who comes to the booth and checks out Halo Reach on PC will receive a cool collectible pin. And, as noted above, everyone who takes a moment to complete our feedback survey will get a Halo Reach poster. And lastly, through the social media hashtag MCCE3, daily giveaways and the Thursday afternoon speedrunning will be giving away some of the new Halo Reach mouse pads. Follow along. Unisec. Thank you. And I will be at the helm of our social media account sharing updates and behind-the-scenes looks at our show floor and all the awesomeness of E3. Be sure to follow at Halo on Twitter and Instagram to stay connected to all of the E3 Halo happenings. But wait, there's more. This doesn't have anything to do with Halo Reach PC, but in celebration of E3, we wanted to make sure everyone knows that there will be a daily login reward in Halo 5 Guardians beginning Sunday. Just log in each day through Thursday and you'll receive a complimentary Platinum Rec Pack. We're excited to share this in-progress demo of Halo Reach PC with E3 attendees, and we're looking forward to meeting you and getting your feedback as we continue to refine and rebuild, oh, refine the build, and get it ready for our Halo Insider Flight and kickoff this month. As always, thanks for your continued support and for joining us on this journey. Okay. Here it is. After we read through this, we'll go through community thoughts on the press conference, and then we'll talk about where I was horribly wrong. Halo at E3 2019. This is by Sketch. It's on Xbox.com. It's their news site. And I quote, for nearly as long as I can remember, this has always been a special, eagerly anticipated time of the year as developers, publishers, and gamers come together to celebrate the industry and get a glimpse of the future at the annual E3 Expo. Nearly 15 years after I attended my first E3 in support of Halo 2, I'm more excited than ever for what's next in the franchise. This year, we look to the future and discover hope with the reveal of a new Halo Infinite video and take a trip down memory lane with an updated and improved Halo Reach coming to Halo the Master Chief Collection on Xbox One and PC. Halo Infinite. We're ecstatic to share the, the Discover Hope video, which introduces a new character and heralds the return of our iconic hero amidst dire and mysterious circumstances. Like last year's reveal trailer, this latest look at Halo Infinite is powered by our new Slipspace engine, an engine built from the ground up to realize our incredibly ambitious aspirations for the future of the franchise. Which, yes, also includes the long-awaited return of split-screen support to the series. 
During today's briefing, we also confirmed that Halo Infinite will launch alongside Project Scarlet in Holiday 2020. Halo Infinite will support more platforms than we ever uh, than we ever have for a single game, including the entire Xbox One family of devices and a wide range of PCs, and will of course be included with Xbox Game Pass for PC and console. Bringing the latest technology from the platform together with the most sophisticated Halo engine ever ever created unlocks completely new opportunities for the developers and for gamers. As Chris Lee, studio head of Halo Infinite, puts it, By harnessing the power of our new Slipspace engine and combining it with the power of promise of Project Scarlet, we plan to build the Halo game we've always dreamed of and share it with even more players, competitors, adventurers, and creators than ever before. We hope you enjoy the video. It represents the passion, hope, and hard work of creative developers at E343 Industries. We know you have many, many unanswered questions, and we're excited to share more further down the road. For now, head over to Halo Waypoint to hear more from Chris Lee. Halo Reach and Halo The Master Chief Collection on PC While the majority of the team at 343 Industries is hard at work on the future and the next installment of Chief Saga, our MCC team has been laser-focused on the storied legacy experiences of the past. If you haven't been following along, Halo The Master Chief Collection on Xbox One has received dozens of updates over the past year, adding new features and improvements in close partnership with the community via public flighting. With the foundation of these classics uh, looking and playing better than ever, the team at 343 has enlisted the help of partners at Splash Damage and Ruffian to deliver on two of the community's most frequent long-standing requests, adding Halo Reach to MCC and bringing the entire collection to PC via the Microsoft Store and Steam. This week at, three, at E3, we'll offer attendees a chance to get hands-on with an in-progress demo of Halo Reach on PC and share feedback with the team. Don't fret if you can't make it to the show, we're getting ready to kick off public lighting of Halo Reach this month, please visit HaloInsider.com to sign up for a chance to participate in MCC Flighting and join us on this journey. We've been blown away by the outpouring of excitement since the initial announce and the most frequently asked question we hear daily is, what's the release date? Each title in MCC for PC will be released in a staggered fashion as they're ready, beginning with Halo Reach. In order to deliver the best native PC experiences possible, we'll be partnering closely with the community via the Halo Insider program to get work-in-progress built into players' hands to gather critical feedback and learnings along the ways. Check out all the update blogs for more information on that. The next question we hear a lot is, how much will the MCC PC games cost? On PC, we're excited to confirm that each game within MCC will be included with an Xbox Game Pass for PC subscription as they become available. In addition, each title can be purchased individually. Halo Reach, Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary, Halo 2 Anniversary, Halo 3, and Halo 4 will be offered at $9.99 on both the Microsoft Store and Steam, while Halo 3 ODST within MCC, with a current scope of campaign only, will be available for $4.99. Players will have flexibility to purchase any or all of the games at any point along the way as they become available. And finally, Halo Outpost Discovery. Fans in North America can also get hands-on with Halo Reach on PC this summer at Halo Outpost Discovery, a weekend-long touring event that brings the Halo universe to life with more than 300,000 square feet of enthralling themed attractions, interactive in-universe encounters, plenty of playable games, and much more. 
And what better way to pass the time while waiting for MCC on PC and more news than spending a weekend fully immersed in real-life Halo, hanging out with members of the 343 team, and special guests like Steve Downs, the gravelly voice of the Master Chief, and Jen Taylor, who brought Cortana and Dr. Halsey so memorably to life. We have tons more to show and share in the weeks and months ahead, so be sure to stay tuned to Halo Waypoint and follow at Halo on your favorite social media platforms. In addition, join us for a celebration of E3 by logging into Halo 5 Guardians today through Thursday to claim a free daily Platinum Rec Pack. On behalf of the entire team at 343 Industries, thank you for your support and joining us on this journey. We've got so much to look forward to, and we're just getting started. And finally, Halo Infinite Media Press Kit has been released. It includes the graphics and whatnot. You can check it out at the link we provide in the Google Doc of the show notes of the show. Do you want to do the community thoughts first and then ours, or do you want to do ours and then the community thoughts? You I'm asking run, you. You can run through the community first, then we'll okay, do ours. Okay, like we normally do. Yeah. Okay. So, after the E3 press conference took place for Microsoft, we asked you guys what you thought, what you thought about Halo specifically being shown off. Here's what we got. Goalie Sniper states, Okay, to post my thoughts. It's sort of what I expected. No gameplay, but in-engine. Chief looks incredible. Mixing those variations of the Mjolnir armor looks incredible. I can only begin to imagine multiplayer armor variants. Pelican Echo 216 is a great nod to Foehammer, Echo 419, or Echo 419. Echo 216 saying we lost, um, saying we lost means we definitely missed something between Halo 5 and now. I hope they didn't kill everyone in the background. Still waiting on my blue team. But anyway, we at least got a release window. And hopefully there's more to come on Inside Xbox. But I feel like if it was something big, they would have said it at E3. Come check out Inside Xbox to see more. Basically, I'm back at the same spot I was I was in last year seeing Infinite. Excited as all hell, but hungry for more. Silo states, I bet you unlock armor ability I bet you unlock abilities as you go, including thrusters. Also, I'm not sure really what there is to talk about with Infinite. There's not there's no way they talk gameplay. They'll probably talk about how much the team cares about Halo, how Slipspace helps make the game, and how they know fans are excited. Which is fine, it's just funny going through two years of teases. I'm just numb to it at this point. Um, So Silos asked this question. No bait. Are people happy with the way Infinite has been handled so far from a marketing perspective? Maybe I'm just old and curmudgeonly. Uh, is having no gameplay not a big deal? I wasn't expecting to see gameplay, but I didn't think Halo Infinite was going to be at the conference at all until the leak suggested it would be. By the way, I'm not here to argue the above point, I'm just curious if gameplay doesn't matter to other people. I'm here to listen on this one. So, Goalie Sniper replied, Gameplay does matter. I just think it's too far out to matter yet, if that makes sense. High Tech Redneck states, Gameplay definitely matters to me, but since I went into it expecting a 2020 release window, I highly doubt it would be seeing multiplayer gameplay, which is the only gameplay that really matters to me. So I was okay with no gameplay since I wasn't expecting it. Heavy Rainfall states, While I'm really happy with the trailer, I'm annoyed that now I have more questions and I feel like I'm right back at square one. Can't wait till gameplay at next E3. Lanky Sasquatch states, I said it before and I'll say it again. Halo is the companion for the new Xbox console. Same as it ever was. Specs and details of the console will be leapfrogged with infinite gameplay and details as one big cycle. While it sucks now, it'll be wonderfully predictable in the upcoming year. Xbox console info will mean Halo updates are on the horizon and vice versa. Sad there was no gameplay trailers, but happy to see the Chief's HUD, the special effects, and the storyline given hints at the direction of the game. And Matty Rum states, I'm neutral after the trailer. It didn't excite me, but I wasn't disappointed either. Does it look great? Yeah. 
but I already expected that after last year's trailer. It didn't really show anything about the story, so I have nothing really to look forward to other than another Halo game, which I already was before E3. Basically, this didn't do anything for me. Back to the general discussion, Marmar states, So I hear a lot of back and forth for this Halo trailer. Personally, I thought it looked amazing. Like most people said, uh, like most people, I was expecting a gameplay trailer, but damn, did that suit look good or what? Sadly, the hype of Halo has dwin was dwindled after the reveal of Keanu Reeves in Cyberpunk 2077 and the new DLC for Forza Horizon 4. I hope they have a radio channel where everything is awesome plays nonstop. Marmar, no. Yes, please. <laughs> no, no. Um, High Tech Redneck states, pretty much what Marmar said. I would have liked more of a hint of what actual gameplay is going to look like, but I thought what we did get looked, looked incredible. Also glad to have a release window so I know how hard I need to hit that grind to 152 on Halo 5. And finally, Snipe states, Even with Sketch's Twitter post shortly after the OXM leak to set everyone's expectations low and be happy with the outcome, I couldn't help to be underwhelmed with what was shown. I love Chief's armor being a nod to the Halo Legends episode The Package. The trailer is an instant classic in my eyes, garnering multiple replays and replays to be had. It isn't fair to the people of 343. They really crafted a memorable trailer. Uh, we'll be talking about the same way we talk about the rest of the Halo marketing material. As for gameplay, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. All right. Go ahead, Will. I hit it on the head. You did. Nail on the head. You did. Last episode, I felt feels good. You did. I, uh, no gameplay. They'll show it with the new box. It's all coming next year. Yep. I'm sorry you didn't get your gameplay. I know you were, I could tell your excitement level dropped off after there was no gameplay. The shitty part is, is that they, they did the whole thing where like his visor came up yep. and you saw the shields recharge. And what I thought was actually going to happen. And they fucking like, they teased it twice. So he, he walks forward, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, no, we got to fight. He, like he opens up the, the doors and he jumps out right so it was after that that you had a splash screen that said 343 industries okay which made me think because usually when things like that happen that makes me believe that oh a new trailer is about to start sure right or like because usually they'd show that at the very beginning they'd be like 343 industries and then they would lead into infinite but no, this was midway through with their thing or it was at the end, actually. So then we have like this top down look um, from when he's walking forward, he takes the chip out, you know, and like, I, I honest to God thought that we were going to get something else. And no, we didn't. I got like, I got cock blocked so hard <laughs> when it came to this. The trailer was stunning. It was. It was stunning. I was really happy with the trailer itself. Yes. Me um, too. In hindsight, yes. I am. Yeah, the the Marine in the Pelican, he's watching the like the video of his oh family. Oh my god. If you're right in the field. Yep, it did. And then he's just he's just out floating in space. And then he, he even states he's like, I used the last of my power to to start you back up, basically. Yep. He was so excited, he's like, I'm going home. Yep. So Oh man, like that Marine just made me like so happy in that moment. Yep. Just like his excitement for it. And I think that's kind of like they were emulating the community 
in that marine a little bit. Everyone's so excited to get back into the chief story. Like I am really ev- excited. Everyone could relate to that marine seeing chief and having that excitement. Right. Um, I thought it was a great way to bring the chief back. Yes. Um. What do you think about the green? It was really green. The green. His armor was armor. real green. So I don't have a problem with it. I actually kind of like it. I wonder how they're going to like tie that in. Like, how is it so green? Yeah. Do you think it has something to do with, like, being out in space? It like, could the be. oxidization? Maybe. Is that is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Is that or, how you say it? Is there... There's no oxygen in space. Okay. So well, never mind. I'm an idiot. There's... Whatever the... Whatever spacey things are out there. Yeah, whatever spacey things he touched. Yeah. On his way, cruising <laughs> through space. Um. No, but, like, if you think about it, it's a drastic color change from 5 to infinite. And... It it had to obviously been a little while between both games, so we'll just have to wait and see, for lack of a better phrase. Um, but oh, his armor's fucking green, like oh my god. And I guess we kind of already saw that with the first trailer. Right, look at it. His uh, like his, you can see his leg armor piece. It's pretty green. Is it me or does it also look new? It does look new. Like his armor looks good. Like, it doesn't look beat up or anything to me. Maybe I I, I should watch it again to pay a little bit more attention. And That's may- just to me. It's what it looked like. And maybe we will get some sort of, like like you said, there has been time between the end yeah. of five and when that trailer, I don't, right. I personally don't know because I need to finish the last three missions of five. Exactly. But maybe in between then he got that new armor and now is somehow floating in space for some reason or another. Very true. And we'll, we'll, we'll finish it together. And uh, we'll talk about it next week for sure. Um, but yeah, no gameplay. No gameplay. No, How no. do you feel? Obviously, I was at that moment. I was very, very disappointed. I was hell bent because we knew for those who didn't think that this game was coming out next year, for those who thought this game was coming out this year, there, there was literally no way in hell. So we knew it was coming out in 2020. Like, we knew that. Then when we got told that, I'm like, okay, great. But even if the game is coming out next year, you have to have something to show for it. A game doesn't come together in a, like, gameplay, all gameplay doesn't get together in a year. There's no way. You have to have something, just something. And it can be like the most minuscule fucking thing in the world, but I was wholeheartedly expecting some form of gameplay here. A multiplayer campaign doesn't matter. I was expecting something. I didn't get it. I was very sad. It's very sad, Josh. Um, but five minutes after the fact, it was we got the trailer. The trailer's awesome. I got the feels. I was super happy. Um, I'm. I would say I'm more disappointed overall in Microsoft showing than Infinite itself. So, do you have anything else you want to say about Halo Infinite before we move on? I mean, I'm still excited for it. Oh, Um, me too. The classic art style of the... If you look at the back of the suit... Yep. It looks like there might not be thrusters on it. Sure. You're going to say what people have been saying online? Possible no boost. Possible no sprint. Sure. As a teaser. I mean, but 
I, I just don't know. It's hard to think that they revert. I just don't like that's the thing is that we got an in-engine trailer. We didn't get gameplay. We don't know the gameplay yet. We don't. So this, yes, everybody's going to be out speculating. Oh, it was this in the trailer, blah, blah, blah. It's like, we literally don't know anything right now. So we know a release date. Yes. We have a release window. A window. Yeah. Yes. Fall 2020. Because it's going to release with the Project Scarlet. So, yep. Um, but no, the trailer looked great. Master Chief is green as fuck. <laughs> and I'm really excited. I'm really excited just to see what this game is. Just can't wait for next year's E3. But no, seriously, I think it's going to be. I said I would scream if gameplay was shown this year. Just wait till next year, Will. Just wait. I will be screaming. Do you like their choice to end with it rather than start with it like they did last year? Yeah, that's fine. I was expecting them to end with it. When we got halfway through this conference um, and we hadn't gotten gears yet, I knew. I'm yeah, like, yeah, okay, that's kind this, of a- this is fine it, because um, usually what happens is when they tease something, they open. But if like if it's something bigger, then they close with it. Mm-hmm. Because they want it to last a little bit longer in your mind. Yep. So I agree. I'm perfectly fine with it being at the end of the conference. Um, honestly, we we now know what's going to happen next year. Next year, it's going to be big. Um. So, but Microsoft overall, there was no Gears gameplay. No, there wasn't. That comes out soon. In a few months. Yeah. And there was no Gears gameplay at the conference. There was after the fact on their own channel you're you're selling to investors and you literally didn't show gameplay in your presser and your presser was an hour and 40 minutes long what that was a little off-putting to me because that's one of their tentpole franchises it's coming out in a few months and you shoot and you showed off two worthless trailers in my mind the one with Billie eilish at the beginning There was literally no reason for that other than like, here's a little bit of the story if you played the other games. And then the one with the new mode, why didn't you show us actual gameplay of the new mode? But whatever. Um, What else? That Forza Horizon um, DLC with Legos. Everything is awesome. I cannot wait to play that. That's going to be awesome. Um... And then, okay, let's talk about the fucking big one. Keanu motherfucking Reeves. Oh, yeah, in Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Yes. That that there, like, I'm buying that game. Yeah. After I saw, like, I was I was hesitant at first. Sure. I mean, the gameplay looked great. I was, I'm kind of excited about that world, but I wasn't, like, sold on that world yet. Sure. Seeing Keanu Reeves and knowing that they said he's going to be a main character... Or, or, he's know, a side be, character. Well, he, he's going to be pretty heavily involved. Sure. But he is a side Right, character. right. A side... Yes, you play as the main character, yes. obviously. Yes. But he's going to be a side character that's heavily involved in the story. Right. Made me want to buy that game. I just want people to know, like, it'd be... Like, I wish we could play as Keanu Reeves. That'd be pretty fucking dope. But just so people understand. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. And knowing the way he trains and gets into his movies, mm-hmm. I feel like he would treat this no different and that he's just going to be on point and kill it. Well, I the just, fact that he came on stage. Yeah. 
I was like, holy shit. He was there. Yeah, he was fucking there. Because not only were we freaking out over him in the trailer, but literally like five seconds later, the door opens and he's standing there like, oh my God, he's fucking Keanu Reeves. John Wick's on the stage. He's so cool. It was so uh, cool. Yeah. He, that stole the show. It did. For me. It did. Yep. I'm sorry. I, okay. You know me. I love Halo. I live and breathe Halo. That, that stole it. That, well, it was such a actual surprise. Yes. And it brought an excitement that wasn't expected. Yep. And that's, I think, what put me over the edge on that. And you know what? If we would have gotten gameplay for Infinite, that would have put me over <laughs> Keanu Reeves. I'm not kidding either. I would have been really shocked at with gameplay being a year and a half out from the expected release window sure. that I was thinking. I understand. So, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Anything else about Microsoft? Anything else? about the other conferences that you think they did well? So Ubisoft was absolute horseshit. That's kind of... Oh, it was bad. And you know what the best part is? They didn't even open with Just Dance this year. And it was still bad. You said that. <laughs> they uh, they opened with Watch Dogs Legion. Looked really, really good. And really cool. That was literally the only cool thing about that conference. Everything else was basically not needed at all. Um, they announced a new Rainbow Six game. A whole new game? A whole new game. Rainbow Six Quarantine. It's a three-player co-op PvE type game. And then uh, they announced the new season for Siege. So, gotcha. Yeah. I need to check out that Quarantine, but it seems like... Um... So the, the the training missions you do, yeah. there's 10 training missions that you play solo so you can kind of get the, the feel of different operators. Yeah. At the end of that training mission, or the, the at the end of the 10 missions, a new one then pops up once you finish them all. Okay. And you um, matchmake with uh, four other players, and you go in, like, not as, you go in as basically recruits, so you don't have all the special abilities, if I'm if I'm thinking about this right, or maybe you can choose, I don't remember. Anyway, you go in, and you actually are inside of a biohazard school that has had a, um, like, a chemical bomb go off. Okay. It's hard to see. Sure. You have to clear out all the terrorists, you have to, um, I think, plant, the, plant a, or defuse another two bombs. Yep. And that's kind of like their story was just that one mission. And I'm wondering if this is like a continuation of that is like, oh, we actually kind of had something there. Let's revisit that. And now they're making it a a game. Yep. This is a completely separate thing, too, because at first I thought it was just an expansion of Siege. Because when they said Rainbow Six, I'm like, oh, it's like it's like another event kind of like that. Or um, uh, they had Outbreak a long time ago. Um, I thought it was just going to be something like that, like a new in-game event. Sure. But no, it's an actual brand new thing. Um, let's see what else took place. Bethesda, Doom Eternal looks fucking amazing. I can't wait for that game. Um, I'm going to play the shit out of it. And then what else? Devolver Digital was amazing. As always, they're, they're like the best conference of the whole show. It's short, sweet, to the point. And my friend Pedro comes out later this month. And I can't wait for that game to come out. It looks pretty uh, badass. It does. It does. Um, Other than that, the PC gaming show this year, it was, it's usually like a three hour long event. It was like a little over two hours this time. 
and they got to the games immediately. So that was okay. It was still boring as all hell, but at least they got to the games this time. But no, overall, it's fine. I'm excited because we're recording during the Square Enix presser. So as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to go back, watch the Square Enix presser, do a recap and all that. But tomorrow we have Nintendo. You, new owner of a Switch, is there anything you're looking forward to? Honestly, I haven't been keeping up at all. So I'll give you a heads up. Uh, they're supposedly going to reveal the next character in Smash. Um, you see, yeah, they're apparently going to reveal the next character in Smash. Maybe some Metroid Prime news. Uh, Animal Crossing news. Potentially a new Mario Bros. Maybe. Uh, information on Zelda. Um, Link's Awakening coming to the Switch. Yeah, there's a few things. There's a few different things. But I know you're a new owner of a Switch, so... Yeah, should be a good time. Should be a good time. Earn that, that's all. That's all I really got. My brain's like fucking fried right now. It's been so much. It has been a lot. Anything else you want? Anything else you like? You didn't like? I don't know. I do. I honestly, Cyberpunk 2077 and the Infinite trailer is the only things that got me excited this year. All right. That's it so far. Wow. I didn't see the Rainbow Six stuff. Sure. But it's it's another season. It's a single player game. Might be right. good. Might be meh. Yep. I don't know. Um, I'm. I don't know what it is. Like I told you, I was in a game slump. I'm not that excited about this E3 as I was about previous E3s. There also just hasn't been something that's like holy shit. You know, and, Cyberpunk is that because they gave a release date. Yeah. Like that was huge. Also, like, I feel like there's nothing new. It's, it's a lot of updates to older games. Updates, older games being re-released. Same. I mean, and why why move away from tried and true? But sure, Ubisoft had a couple new ones at the end of their conference, but they didn't look memorable. Sure, we'll I, see though. So, I don't know if we Destiny Two E Three kind of they had their release of what they're doing. Yes, they had a they had their own stream yeah we we were heavily invested in destiny one yes not so much in destiny two but still we've been through the grind so to say what do you think bungie taking over is gonna turn the leaf enough to to revitalize destiny so you and i talked about this okay yep we we didn't talk about it on the show that's right no no that's exactly why i'm bringing it back up thank you um you and i talked about this where Now, the thing that was consistently said within that stream that they had was that Luke Smith kept saying, this is the foundation that we're laying. This is the start to get Destiny to where it can be, where it should be, where it's going to be, right? So them being away from Activision, them being a self-publishing team now, I am very happy. I am looking forward to the future of what Destiny has to hold. And I do think that the new expansion is going to be, based off what they showed, it looks like this expansion is going to be great. Now, I, I've i said it from the very beginning of when Destiny 2 came out, that I play the new content when it releases, and then when I'm done, I move on. Right? It's as simple as that. So, 
maybe I'll do the same thing with this expansion. I'm going to get this expansion. That's a given. But I do think that it's going to be good that they lay the groundwork for what they want Destiny to be moving forward. And I hope that people realize that it's not going to be, it's not going to be that switch that gets flipped and everything's okay now because they, they said it, it's a work in progress. They want to get it to where they know Destiny can be. And hearing them say that, hearing them come out at the forefront and be like, look, we get it. Things were bad back then. We've already taken steps to get them better. Here's our roadmap for doing even more. And that's where we're going to go. I'm all for it. And go ahead. I'll just have something that just came to mind is you are like the new content comes out, you play it. Yep. And then you kind of drop off to the next content. I feel like from what I've, what I've noticed is like, you don't go in super in depth with like the raids and running this, running the things over again to get the different items. Nope. I feel like they're moving more towards that side though, is, you know, running, running these, whatever it may be so many times so that it's, it's, they're making more variants. So I'm really glad that you brought that up too. Because one of the things that they're doing, or it looks like they're doing, is they're making it so they're, the barrier to entry to those endgame things is lower. So you don't have to do as much grinding as you would have before. They're adding more um, RPG-like elements to the game. They're making customization more of a thing that you have more control over. And making the play, making you be able to play the way you want. Which is huge. I mean, what if they add all these things, but that means more grinding to get these, like, say, talismans or whatever. They have the artifacts is what they call sure. them. Sure. Yep. I mean, you might have to grind more to get those items to be able to select the way you want to play. I really hope that's not the case. I can definitely see that being a thing that happens. All I can do is go off what they were talking about. Sure. And. But like you said, that very well could be a thing that happens where it's just. Not fun where the grind is real and you, you have to take that time. You have to devote that time and go ahead. You were going to say, I was going to say, I I don't, I think they are going to, like you said, they're going to shorten that time to get to the end game stuff. But people always say like it, destiny is kind of about the end game. It is. So maybe I feel like, sure. You can get to playing that end game stuff, but to get the special items and all these rewards and all these different things. Yeah. You have to put like that's going to be your grind now. Yep. Where before the grind was getting just up to level. Yes. And now the grind is going to be, okay, I'm at this level, but what can I do to expand? Sure. And that, that does come with like the, the special events that they have with the exotic weapons and all that. And that's fine. That's perfectly fine because at least I know I'm in a place where I don't have to grind for light level anymore. Sure. Because that can be, that used to be a pain in the ass with D1 specifically. Mm-hmm. And they've gotten further and further away from that, which is good. Um, All I know is that one of my favorite things to do when it comes to destiny is hopping on with you, playing through the story, getting all that, running through the new strikes together, maybe playing some PVP and whatnot, but it's, it's that journey. That's the thing that I like the most about that game. It's the thing that I've liked the most about every iteration of what Destiny has been. Like when the Taken King came out, right? The story was a little bit longer. You had to go find those little things. Like there were secrets hidden all over the place. It didn't feel like a grind. I was consistently making progress. Then with D2, 
It was great at first because there's a lot of stuff to do. Then it did feel like a grind because there weren't that many small little things that you could go do. You could go find and expand on that. That's yeah. I just like the journey. And maybe with the new expansion that comes out, maybe with the way that they're revamping things with RPG elements and all that, maybe they'll make me more invested to do those end game activities because my character will be in a way that I want them to be. And maybe it'll feel because the way it is now, you get to the end game to the highest light level. I mean, realistically, if you're not going to jump into the crucible, what's the point of go going and getting the new weapon in the raid? Maybe if you are gaining quote unquote light level and that goes towards maybe, I mean, how would you feel if light level you gained by doing things and now you got unlocked skill points or unlocked things like on your artifact to make your build the way you want it? That'd be cool. Um, I'd be fine with something like that. I just, um, I feel like with Destiny 2, you got to the end Mm -hmm. and it felt like it was more progress stopped. I have to do these things just to get different armor sets right where now it might be you get to end game and it's like oh i can now do this to change my armor set or change the way my character plays right which may make the end game more enjoyable keep players on longer without them realizing what the grind that they're actually going through right and if they it all comes back to they have to make the the quote-unquote grind fun yeah and because I, I could make a completely badass character that's my own, you know, completely customized armor set that I love. I like I have my character. Right. And then I get to that end game content and it's like, oh. Oh, it's just it's either. Oh, it's just the same stuff we were doing before in a different like visual style, whatever. Or. Oh, I have to do all these things to get to this one place. That's not fun. Like, if they make the grind fun, then obviously I'm going to want to stick around more. And I think that with the the little things that they put out, right? When you got Out, Outbreak Prime again, uh, the whole quest line to do that, that was really cool. Took players like a day or two to actually solve it, and now there's it's easy to go do. But just, I think those types of things are cool. The things that you don't have to... You don't have to necessarily grind for besides light level, but now it's pretty easy to get to where you need to be because basically every piece of powerful gear gets you higher. Yeah. But Um, I don't know. Another thing too is like with Taken King. Yeah. Those little things, like all the little secrets and stuff. Yes, it helped you, but it didn't give you anything like super great to where it didn't. It was game changing where I feel like the secrets now in Destiny do give you. Oh, they're big. They give you big things. They and it's do. like not everyone wants to go. And I, I understand you want to reward the players who take the time to find those secrets. Yes. But when it's like something game breaking mm-hmm. or uh, like like the uh, what was it? The Whisper of the Worm, the, that sniper rifle. That yeah. was like the greatest. I didn't want to go through all those steps to go find it. And me in a jumping puzzle. Good luck. Like that was the that was the end uh, to go find the thing, and I could never do it in time. The worst part is, is that a lot of these new secrets and whatnot are jumping puzzle related. Like a lot of them have jumping puzzles included. I'm just gonna throw my notebook in the air and walk out. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, great. But so, no, the the new expansion. We're going to the moon. Yeah, back to the moon. I mean, Airsborne's gonna be back. New aesthetic. Yep. So. You know. You know what? I've never. I haven't heard anybody say yet. A lot of people 
like a lot of the community, what people have been like clamoring for is they want the old raids back in Destiny 2. Okay. Do you know what this expansion's about? It's about Crota. You're fighting nightmares. Well, yeah. And the nightmares are previous bosses that you've defeated. Yeah. Therefore, and they did say in the Vidoc that encounters would be different. They're not the same encounters that you'd experienced before. So it's fresh and it's new. With the old, it's like old content re- refresh. Exactly. I haven't heard anybody talk about like the comparisons to bringing the raids back to this new expansion of where the bosses are back. So you might see those old bosses. That's why they showed the picture of Crota at the end. Yes. That makes perfect sense now. Yes. And you also hear, um, what the fuck's her? I forgot who it is. It's a strike boss. Um, the, 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 the wizard. Yes. Yep. Um, you know who I'm talking about. Yes. The shrieking. Yes. And you hear that. You hear that in the trailer. I totally forgot what her name is. Yep. It's going to um, be the end of the show. I'm just going to shout it out when, yep. I, when it hits me. Uh, but yeah, it's it's stuff like that. I think that's going to be really cool. And I think it's cool that they're setting the foundation for Destiny of the Future. Um, but yeah. Anything else you want to hit on? No, I think that's about it. We went a, we went a while on Destiny there. We did. We did. I mean, technically, it was right before E3, so. Um, oh, just quickly. We'll hit on this quickly. Project Scarlet. Potentially, what they're saying is... Native 4K, 60 FPS, up to 120 FPS. That's the one. That's the one statistic that I want to that I want to hit on. Up to 120 FPS. Yes, but one? but they're saying a native 4K 60. Yeah, and then up to 120. That's hefty specs. That's. Do you think that drives the price point up six, 600, 700? So here's the thing that I keep thinking about. If I want to play 4K 60 FPS right now on a gaming PC, I have to buy, I more than likely have to buy a 2080 Ti. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's just the graphics card. That runs at least 500 to $550. At least. Okay. And that's just the graphics card. Not talking about the processor, SSD, the case, the power supply, the motherboard, all the RAM, not including any of that. Okay. The thing I keep thinking back on is they have a partnership with AMD. What they do is they work with AMD and they create a custom silicon. Okay. They create a custom CPU and GPU for their consoles. Therefore, I actually think in a weird, bonkers, bizarre way that drives price down because it's made for them. Now, at the same time, you would think that would drive price up because it's custom. It's made for them. And at the same time, if I'm not mistaken, consoles are you when they when consoles first come out, first come out, they're normally always sold at a deficit and the games make up that price. So the, the game price, when people when they sell games, that's what makes the price back up for the console. It's usually always what happens. They sell consoles at a deficit. And then when parts become cheaper, you have the slimmer versions of the consoles coming out. They're able to make their money back on that too. Okay? I don't think this console is going to be 600 You know, I don't think this console is going to be $700. 
I could see it being six. But at the same time, then I'm worried. Then I'm worried, Will. I'm worried we have another PS3 situation. Remember when that fucker came out? And people looked at the price and they're like, ooh. People still bought it. People definitely still bought it. You Did you buy a launch one? Yeah. Okay, I did not. I, I, uh, 360, my side. But either way, it's a hefty price, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're going to do that again. And if you think about it, the Xbox One X, the world's most powerful console today, four ninety nine ninety nine. Okay, it's definitely not four K sixty. Let's not let's get the facts straight. It's not four K sixty. It can't handle up to eight K resolution for video, not for games. Um, but I can see this. I can see it being six. I don't want it to be six, but I like it. I have a feeling it's going to be six. We just got to think Xbox one X launched at five. I know. And how can, how can you go? How can you stay at the same? Right. Well, they would have to drop the X's price at that yeah, point they in time. Yeah. They would have to, guess, if it's going to be $500. I mean, I, I think it's between that five and six range. Yeah. Do you think huh. it could go over six or no? I think the most it goes like 650. That's that's high. You figure you're getting 8K resolution through video though? Like I, I know it's the specs that they're touting are huge. Yeah, it, and like along with I think uh PS5 is basically touting the same thing. Yeah, they're both kind of, they're right neck and neck right now. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's going to come down to who features. announces first and what the price is. Yeah, and and like extra features. Like if Sony's like we're going digital. No disk drive. Oh, that'd kill them. They'd kill them. That would kill them. Yep. And considering things are backwards compatible, I doubt. Either I believe both systems will have a disk drive. I do too. I definitely Um, do too. Maybe there is a cheaper version that comes out later without one. Correct. Because I think what they're doing is they're trying to, because if you remember at the conference, they didn't talk much about xCloud. They talked a little bit, but that's going to be their future. They keep talking about that's the future of Xbox. Is the streaming service the future? The only thing for me is the, I mean, the way internet works now and streaming services, there has to be a compromise somewhere. Yes. Where people aren't going to be charged outrageous data usage. What I could see, da- data with, outwithstanding, um, what I could see happening is maybe they do, maybe they come out with two SKUs at launch one with a disk drive, one without. You have your Xbox, you have your Project Scarlet all digital edition, and then you have your normal Project Scarlet, whatever the console is actually going to be called. Now, the PS5 could potentially do the same thing, mm-hmm. but I know, but I have a damn good feeling that if it hasn't already been confirmed, the next PlayStation has to have like a 4K Blu ray drive because they're the one that doesn't still. Yeah. And I don't know about you, I love mine in my S. I use it all the time for movies, not not for games, obviously for movies. Like I use it all the time and yeah, I hope that I hope that they do include a 4k Blu-ray drive in the next PlayStation because I would imagine they have to. Yeah. If they're going to do 4k gaming, absolutely. There has to be something for show. Um, For show. Yeah. 
Oh, I didn't tell you what, you, what Ubisoft also announced. Uplay Plus. Oh, boy. Their subscription service. It was rumored. What do you know? It's true. It's a thing. You can sign up for access now. It's $14.99 a month, but you don't, you're not charged yet. If you sign up for access, um, you get, when it launches, you get like September for free or something. So like you can play for a full month for free, but what it, it's exactly, it is the exact same service as EA origin access premiere. The reason why I said that one specifically is because it's PC only. It is $14.99 a month. You get early access to new games and you get full access to everything on there, including new releases, including the ultimate editions of those games. The same exact thing as EA Origin Access Premiere. So there you go. If you're just in you play games. I mean, if you think about it, Division 2, that, that'd be included. Uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, that'd be included. Um, all the Rainbow Six stuff be included. Um, that one included your passes, so. It includes all DLC. Oh, interesting. Yes. And yeah, so it could be, it, I can definitely see it being a winner for them because like with EA Origin Access Premiere, right? Wanted to play Anthem, paid for a month of that service, realized Anthem was shit, never had to play it again. I didn't space, I didn't spend 60 bucks on it. Yeah. That's another thing. EA didn't do anything with Anthem. No updates, no, hey, this is what we're working on. It was at EA Play, and there is a gameplay video of their Cataclysm event right now, like on YouTube. Okay, so... Yep. But no, there wasn't anything included in EA Play, like in their show. In their show, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that game is... It had... So much potential. It had so much potential, and they just dropped the ball. They did. They really did hard and i was i was like really anticipating that game i i was surprised it came out as fast as it did i thought it was going to have more time in development and i feel like that could have made it better right it was a it was a disaster um so hopefully they're fixing that we'll see what happens with it my hopes aren't high but we'll see oh the also uh, other thing that wasn't at ubisoft beyond good and evil 2 wasn't shown at all and another thing that wasn't there, uh, no tease for a next Splinter Cell game. A lot oh, of people yeah, were expecting. people wanted it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not there either. One thing we haven't touched on. Oh, Jedi sorry. Fallen Order. Looks great. I'm excited. I thought the in-engine trailers were great. The alpha gameplay they showed. At EA Play? Little clunky. Yeah. Yeah. Little boxy. But again, it's alpha. Yep. Kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. Yes. Hopefully that improves. I liked the droid more than I liked the main character. The droid's pretty fucking awesome. So the droid's like the best part of the movies too. Like the new droid they introduce every time. It's kind of like a new thing now. Yeah. yeah. It's great. So any other E3 things you want to bring up before we, we move on here? Um, Any last pieces? Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Oh, yep. I think that's awesome. Um, it, for those who don't know, uh, they announced not only Xbox game pass on PC, but they also announced Xbox game pass ultimate, which includes Xbox game pass on console, Xbox game pass on PC and Xbox live gold 
all-in-one subscription, $14.99 per month. And you can get your first month for a buck. And the best part, let's say you have Xbox Live Gold for a year right now. If you go and upgrade your subscription to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for a dollar, you have that subscription until your live would expire. For a dollar. So it's a literal no-brainer to do it for that. And you can basically play your games anywhere you want. For I mean, Game Pass games anywhere you want. Because it's on console and PC. Um, but yeah, I think that's really cool. I think it's cool that they... It's all in one. I'm glad that they didn't separate the PC and the, and the console Game Pass subscriptions. Like from Ultimate. I'm yeah. glad it's all in one. Because Natana plays on console. I play on PC. That's It's just going to work out better. And then... Probably the biggest thing that I was really excited for, Halo-related, going back to our show, um, MCC on PC, everything's going to be included with Game Pass on PC. That was a big if that was that was happening during this conference. Is it going to be standalone only, you have to purchase it, or is it actually going to be included in Game Pass? And we've finally been told that it's going to be included, so you don't have to pay for it again if you already had it before. I mean, yeah, you have to have the subscription, but if you already had it, then you get it, which is pretty great. So I am personally happy about that. Um, The, the final thing, if, unless I think about something, the final thing I want to say is I'm a little, it's a, this is a very little, I'm a little disappointed that the price is what it is for the games for MCC on PC. Dom and I would talk about this consistently. That if we had to purchase them outright, you know me, I would buy them no matter what because I'm an asshole. But 10 bucks a piece, $5 for ODST, that's 55. That is 55 total. What I was hoping, and I understand a lot of work goes into it, so I could definitely see it not being this, but what I was hoping was 40. Just being like a hey, we know this has been out for a very long time. But hey, it's coming to PC. Let's get a bunch of new people on this. $39.99. Again, I completely understand why that's not the way it is. And I'm glad it's an Xbox Game Pass on PC. That's it. That's all I got. What about you? Um, I just um I'm real hyped up for Infinite, and I just get to sit and wait. Wait even longer. Still. Yep. Um I'm Halo three is probably gonna have to carry us for tournaments. It looks like it with uh, some side shenanigans happening as well. I'm going to tell you guys, I'm not happy with Halo three tournaments. Will's hot takes. It's just after, after seeing I've, I've played them all now. Yep. After seeing, after playing five, it just seems so slow. The, I mean, you can you can argue that it makes for better competitive settings because it's sure. slow, methodical. But sometimes watch, chess is very competitive. Not a whole lot of fun to fucking watch. You know what, too? You can also slow down a game of Halo 5. You can. Games have come to standstills. Now look at Fathom CTF. They've come to literal standstills. So it can definitely happen. It can go both ways. I just, yeah. 
No, like that's that's a point towards like what you're saying. Yeah, like, I, I think a lot understand. of the, the arguments against five is you can make a risky play. Yeah, push out and then boost back and move and use advanced movement to make yourself safe again. When in previous games you would have been punished for that. Yes. But at the same time, you can still technically be punished because you can't sprint. I mean, if you sprint, your shields aren't coming back. So there is that takeaway. Yes, you have an easier chance of getting away. But at the same time, both players have the same opportunity. So I just think five better for spectators. I, I agree. I agree. I can definitely agree with that. Like today, like I still love watching Halo 3. You know that. But no, for, with the observer mode and everything that they have in five, for a spectator experience, it's definitely better. Absolutely. Then you don't have to worry about missing things. Missing multi-kills, missing snipes, missing plays happening. You don't have to miss any of that. It's great. Alright. So, yeah. Infinite, please come fast. Yes. One final point. You are going to see a lot of things, a lot of speculation online. Do not believe everything you see that is all i'm gonna say fair enough i am all i am all for being excited but just keep expectations in check because clearly my dreams are fucking destroyed okay (laughs) that does it that does it for our e3 recap yes um obviously uh we can continue the discussion in our discord server so please join that up will's gonna plug it later on in the show um, but yeah, there's some great discussion that's going on over there right now and keep that discussion going. It's great to see. Um, Will, it's time for some shout outs. First and foremost, uh, shout out and happy birthday to David Sandman. You take phenomenal pictures. Love to see him. Um, and then also want to give a shout out to everybody that participated in the community discussion this week. It was great. Shout out to Justin LaFleche. AKA goalie sniper on uh, playing with Will and I on some Halo four and some Halo five. It was great playing with you, sir. And uh, fuck you for spoiling the Halo stuff and sea of thieves to will. I love you and I hate you. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got for, for the shout outs. Will, what do we got for community creations? As always go check out me Monday on Reddit. Um, we have a couple I guess their posts, videos, designs from Pixel Flare Graphics. Yes. Over on uh, Twitter, he designed some Halo difficulty badge graphics and then a sh- some streamed transitions, which were they're amazing. really good. They're really, really done, good. Done really well. Yeah. Um, one of our community members, uh, Scud Puddle, put out a YouTube video, not really Halo related, but he made a small wooden box to hold us. Splenda packets. Splenda packets. Um, pretty neat to watch the process. Go it's check that out neat. on YouTube. And then we also have clips of the week number five by High Tech Redneck on YouTube. Go check it out. Scud Puddle, I told you I'd fucking include it in the show notes this week. So there you go. Um, Will, before you close out the show, I have a shameless plug because I do it every year. And I just want a shameless plug. It's our show. I can do what I want. Um, if you guys don't know, I have a website. It's jkfire.org. Check it out. I post recaps of every E3 press conference that's happened so far. And I mean every single one. So that includes the Kind of Funny Game Showcase. That includes the PC Gaming Show. They're all up currently. Um, the only two left that I have to put up are Square Enix and Nintendo. That's tomorrow, though. 
So yeah, go check them out. It's good shit. Alright, self-plug over. Will, it's time for you to plug this show. You can find us on your favorite podcast services. Just search for HCS Pro Talk. We are on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and others as well. Leave us a reveal and let others know about the show. You can join our Discord, join in the community discussion. Link will be provided in the Google Doc within the show notes. Uh, you can join our Xbox Club or Spartan Company. Get ready for Infinite. Search for HGS Pro Talk on your Xbox. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Mixer, and Esportspedia. Search for HGS Pro Talk on those sites, and you will find us there with our fancy new logo. <laughs> um, the one last... <laughs> God damn it, I love your smile. Um, the last thing is I know that iTunes is being a bitch right now in updating the logo, but the logo should be literally updated everywhere else. So it's in new episodes on iTunes have the new logo. It's literally just the channel logo that's not changing. So I need to just get that taken care of. It's I don't know if it's not re- if if it's not taking the feed when I refresh it, I don't know, but clearly because I pick the logo every time a new episode gets posted and I'm picking the new one. And when you go to that episode's link, it's there. It's just the overall I'll, I'll fix it. Fuck. That's all. <laughs> get it done, Josh. I'll get it done. Um what do we have on the next episode? Tell the listeners what they're in store for. Will? Yeah. We will have to wait and see. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for episode 77 of HCS Pro Talk. We want to thank you very much for listening, and I want to thank you very much for dealing with our Destiny rambling. It was a good time. Um, We hope you enjoyed. We'll be back next week, where we're probably going to talk about Infinite in some way, manner, shape, or form. Um, But yeah, we can't wait to talk about it more. It's going to be a good time. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about E3 overall because E3 will be done at that point in time. But that's going to do it for us. We'll see you next week. But until then, bye-bye!